The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. Your host is Bernard E. Robinson. Bernard and his guests foster in-depth discussions about leadership. You'll find this program a powerfully engaging platform for great conversations about leadership and leadership learning. Now, here is your host, Bernard Robinson. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Leadership Forum. Thank you for joining me this morning. I'm your host, Bernard Robinson. It's a pleasure to have you with me. Uh, and it's even a greater pleasure this morning to invite a guest, but just before introducing him, our show today, What is a Leader to Do When There is Conflict in the Camp? What it does is allows us to explore and understand what leaders could and should do to address and manage conflict in the workplace. Today, I'm delighted to be joined on our show by Mr. Tim Strangers, who is a longtime consulting colleague and friend. Tim Strangers is an adjunct professor at Montgomery College, where he teaches mediation and conflict resolution courses. And he's also a mediator with the Conflict Resolution Center of Montgomery County, as well as the president of his own consulting group, the Timothy Group. Tim, welcome to the Leadership Forum. Thank you, Bernard. I look forward to having a very successful hour with you. Terrific. I'm so glad you're with me as well. On today's show, we'll talk about what conflict is, the intent is to provide a common context for us to talk about it as well as for our listeners. Number two, why it occurs. Number three, we want to talk about the challenges that leaders face in managing conflict. And we're going to talk about two specific approaches to the management of conflict. You'll be excited about listening to what those are and learning a bit about them as well. Along the way, we're also going to share a description of a few terms that are important important to know when talking about and dealing with conflict. Also, as you know, you can feel free to join our conversation by calling in at 1-866-472-5790 so that you can join the conversation. That's 1-866-472-5790. Tim, to get us started, please tell us a little bit about who you are and the nature of your work at this time. Okay. Thanks, Bernard. Well, as you said, I am president of the Timothy Group, and I'm also an adjunct professor at Montgomery College in Rockville, Maryland. Uh, I teach uh, a basic 40-hour mediation course, which is required to um, for anyone who is interested in becoming a mediator in the state of Maryland. And I also teach other conflict resolution courses. And as you indicated, I do uh, mediations for a wide variety of organizations, including uh, Community Mediation Center, the Conflict Resolution Center of Montgomery County, and the Montgomery County Office of Human Rights. Terrific. You've got a lot of, a lot of work to do on a busy schedule, but I suspect it's very uh, exciting as well. In the description of today's program, I noted that 
In today's work environment, leaders and others need to know how to manage conflict and bring differences to a civil and productive resolution. We want to be clear about defining what conflict is and how to manage it. To get our conversation started, why don't you share with us uh, your definition, your description of what conflict is? Okay, well, I use a very, very simple definition of conflict, and that is um, when your position and the position of another person are different. Okay. It could cool. be as simple as it could be as simple as where you want to go to lunch. You okay. want to go after Mexican, your coworker mm-hmm. wants Chinese. Mm-hmm. Or it could be complex uh, as far as the future direction of your company. Uh, for right. example, um, you let's say you're working for ABC company and it's been stagnant. Um, right. The board's position is that the company should diversify into new products. The CEO's position is that the company should make the products it currently makes but expand the new markets. So both okay. of those are example of conflicts, different positions. So essentially, it's just you just you're standing in two different places, looking at a situation in two different ways, and there's a. It's a potential that those differences could resolve and could uh, could raise themselves to be in conflict. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Um, good deal. Good deal. It, yeah, it's because we see things differently. You know? mm-hmm. um, and from the way we see things, we develop positions, right? Uh, and we right. think about our position as the best and only way to resolve a conflict. You know, Tim. I think one of the things to add into that that thought process too. It's 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 it is intellectually a process that's really just as clear as you've described it, but those disagreements or dissatisfaction that one person may have about an issue, as opposed to another, uh, it brings up words like position, issues, interests. But what happens as well is I would want you to kind of think about this in terms of whether it's it's accurate is that you have feelings that are often associated with these positions. So the emotions uh, trigger sometimes the behavior. Would that be an accurate uh, addition to the whole process, this whole notion of your emotional or psychological perspective about that issue or that position or that interest, yours and the other person's? Uh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely, Bernard. Um, it's not only the positions you take, but it's the the feelings that you have about the position, the values, what's important to you, what you hold mm-hmm. near and dear, um, right. as well as the positions. I mean, conflicts can go two ways. Um, they can lead to hurt feelings, uh, verbal fights, backstabbing, sabotage, and right. good people leaving your organization. Or they can lead to parties to a conflict, putting their heads together, starting to understand each other's interests and working on creative solutions that make everyone happy. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that's interesting, too, that you're mentioning is the word create, creativity or creative, because often that difficulty can be the stepping stone to coming to a more creative place for both you and the other person if you think about it as a collaboration or a chance to, an issue to, uh, collaborate around. I mean, it's often thought that if we have conflict, there's just going to be two folks at battle and there's no way out. But if you put a creative spin on it, in fact, you may 
come up with a better thought process, a better solution, even if you think differently than your colleague about the company and its its future and its position and the way it will go. Let me ask Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, thank go you. Ahead, yeah. No, no, but but that's a good a good point for our listeners to understand that conflict is not necessarily negative all the time or uh, one thing that that'll be something that one needs to avoid. However, it can lead to some creative solutions that you haven't even considered, and that's one of the benefits, I guess you'd say, of conflict. Now, in your experience, what are some common reasons beyond what? Uh, you have mentioned already, in addition to what you perhaps have mentioned already, that occur in the life of a leader? Well, commonly, um, the, in my experience, uh, a leader, be a, a manager or first-level supervisor, gets mm-hmm. into trouble when they ignore conflict. And okay. what happens is that... Um, the conflict, when they ignore it, the uh, conflict will simmer and simmer and employees start talking and saying, well, why hasn't the boss done anything about this? Mm-hmm, and then morale mm-hmm. starts suffering. Um, and then inevitably, the conflict boils over and uh, impact is a lot worse than it would have been had the uh, leader uh, taken the conflict on when it first started. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're right. Uh- in, in, in the work that we've sometimes done together, I know I've mentioned in some of the discussions I've had about the idea of conflict, is that each of us come to work with a bucket. We don't know that when we get hired that we got a bucket. And I mean, uh, not uh, literally, but figuratively. And in that bucket, we dump our feelings, we dump our complaints, we dump our disappointments, we dump a lot. But often... If you can keep that bucket empty, because what occurs is if you don't keep that bucket empty, when the last complaint gets to the point where it's at the brim, one doesn't dump the bucket uh, just a cupful. They usually dump the whole deal. And that's because, as you described very aptly, is the whole notion of ignoring or avoiding conflict. That, that tends to be not the wise thing to do. Any other, any other thoughts that uh, you have come by in your work and in your experience that in fact uh, have, have, have affected or come up in the life of a leader? Now, well, the best leaders I've encountered are the ones who do um, start addressing conflict as soon as it arises. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there are two, two basic approaches that I want to talk about this morning. One is called direct negotiation, where you as the leader are sitting down with the other party and um, uh, directly addressing the conflict. Um, That is one of the biggest challenges a leader faces because uh, oftentimes, as you said, uh, there are a lot of emotions, a lot of bad feelings involved. Um, The other approach um, that we'll talk about later on, I hope, is mediation. Yeah, we will. You invite in a third-party independent impartial mediator to mm-hmm. help you and the other party of the conflict um, resolve it. Good deal. Um, well, a we, lot we, of times, you know, when you are, when you can't divorce your, your anger, your high emotional content uh, from the conflict, when you find yourself not able to negotiate, um, it's oftentimes very wise to bring in a third-party mediator. 
could do. Well, certainly, Tim, I want to let you know we definitely are going to get, as I mentioned in the beginning, the two approaches. You just mentioned those two approach, approaches. And so as our listeners are listening, we are going to get to more, even more now than we than we have so far, the direct negotiation and mediation. I really had uh, very much wanted to uh, have us make sure we get get there. Let me just talk for a minute about avoiding conflict. Uh, because when many of us think of conflict and conflict resolution, one of the things many of us think about are the ways to avoid it. Uh, you know, a long time ago in some of the literature I've read, there, there were certain uh, areas that were stated that people would like to avoid. One, and the first one was public speaking. In fact, I think that was the top one. Uh, the, in fact, it, it beat death out, in fact. Uh, people would rather die than speak. But, <laughs> <laughs> but one, one of the other things that is on that list is conflict. So many of us think we would like to avoid conflict if we can and really kind of run away from it. With, away from it. But for the leader, conflict avoidance is not an option. In fact, it is unavoidable. I would almost say it comes with uh, the territory and comes along with the job. One of the questions I wanted to go to and get to as we move ourselves towards that discussion of directly addressing it, uh, what are uh, the uh, other kinds of causes uh, in your experience for workplace conflict? Now, broadening it a little bit beyond just the leader, but the leader's in the mix, but what are some of the common causes of workplace conflict that, that you come up with? For example, one of the ones, if I could just lead off this discussion, is misunderstanding over or about expectations. Expectations tend to be uh, a big deal in terms of what, in fact, can cause a conflict that I have an expectation that I thought you understood and, and we understood, but it apparently was different. Uh, those are the kind of things that end us up in court. Are there any other common causes of workplace conflict that you're aware of or you've experienced in your teaching and your discussions with your students and clients? Okay, when it comes to, um, well, I want to talk about it from two different perspectives. When it comes to a supervisor and her employees, for example, um, Uh expectations is a big one. Um, Lack of clarity on assignments. Right, right. in with that. Um, Right. Inability of the supervisor to create an atmosphere um, that's a team atmosphere where everyone feels that they are an important part of the team regardless Mm -hmm. of what they're doing. That can lead to resentment, and resentment can lead to to conflict. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Then you have mm -hmm. external factors uh, within the organization. Uh, Competition for scarce resources. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, um, there are yeah, a lot re- of uh, organizations re- still going through cutbacks. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, if you are competing with another department within your company for, you know, a uh, uh, limited budget, this can yeah. lead to a very intense conflicts with your peers. And Right. Well, you know, one of the things, Tim, if I add into what you're, you're mentioning, too, in today's government, where I do a, num- a bit of work with uh, government leaders in, in a program, uh, for a client, and they are in a situation, particularly in the federal government, where it's a very tenuous situation, not knowing exactly how the new administration will affect their budget, and in some cases they do and already know, that that whole phenomenon of resources and 
the competition for them is going to be an ongoing uh, issue. Uh, good deal. That's a great list. In fact, very, very descriptive way of understanding and helping our listeners as well understand uh, the, the the whole reason uh, conflict occurs. Many of us sometimes think about personality differences, but often it's not personality differences at all. But that's kind of the one that somewhat sometimes surfaces as the high at the high mark. But it's not. It's very often not the most important one. Disagreements over the kind of things that you just described are really uh, salient in terms of why conflict occurs. I want to talk about this issue uh, from a different perspective in in terms of the cost of unresolved conflict. Uh, We may have to pick up some of this after the break, but we have a couple minutes before then. But in a speech uh, by our president, uh, uh, President John F. Kennedy, not this president, in a speech at the White House in 1962, John F. Kennedy, the 35th president of the United States, he stated it this way, those who make peaceful revolution impossible will make violent revolution inevitable. I I put that out there because as we get to the point of looking at uh, both conflict, direct conflict uh, resolution or management and the whole notion of mediation, that's an interesting piece because we have to find a way to make there to be peaceful revolution. Uh, and I believe there's a cost to be paid when workplace conflict remains unresolved. As you described a bit earlier, the people leave. And so I thought it would be helpful for us to have a bit of discussion about what it is that are some of the organizational fallouts when the kinds of workplace conflict is left unresolved. That is, the, the, the leader or whomever fails to address that conflict. And so I want to get us to talk about that. We won't be able to jump into it as quickly uh, as we, you know, as thoroughly, so we may end up picking it up after the break. But just talk as we begin to go to the break. Uh, we have about 30 seconds. Uh, think about, uh, and we'll go to the break in just a minute, think about some of the organizational fallouts when conflict is unresolved, and even some of the personal ones as well. Uh, with that being said, uh, we're going to take a break here in just a minute. Uh, if you uh, have just joined us, my guest is Tim Stranges this morning. He's a colleague and friend and also a mediation expert. Uh, we're going to go to break, and then after our break, we're going to pick up on this question of the fallouts with, when uh, conflict is unresolved. Stay with us. Uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, join us after the break. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. 
you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to the Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. To reach host Bernardi Robinson or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you would rather send an email, you may send it to leadershipforum at ihdinc.org. Now, back to the Leadership Forum. Hi, thanks for coming back. Thanks for staying with us. If you're just joining us, you're joining uh, myself and my guest, uh, Mr. Tim Stranges. He's a consultant, owner of his own company, the Timothy Group, and a mediation expert and conflict expert. Uh, As we left for the break, I mentioned that there's a cost uh, there. In fact, I believe there's a cost when workplace conflict remains unresolved. And I wanted to use this opportunity to talk about those and get you as listeners to think about those with us. And so my question was a simple question, really, or a simplistic question. Some of the personal and organizational fallouts, what are some of those personal and organizational conflicts when the kinds of conflict that occur are left unresolved? Uh, We will talk about it from both ends, the personal and the organizational. And so I mentioned the whole notion of people leaving I had in my mind people leaving. Uh, People leave people, it's often said, more than they leave companies. And conflict is one of those reasons why. Uh, Tim, what's your take on that? Uh, What are some of the personal and organizational reasons that you've heard uh, those in your circle of of influence that you taught and and consulted as to why people leave uh, when conflict is unresolved? Well, yeah. In addition to people leaving, uh, conflict can result in uh, sabotage of, of company processes and products. Right, right, um, exactly. Which can which can affect the company's bottom line. I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when productivity suffers, obviously the company's bottom line can suffer. Um, so when you don't have a good work environment where people are working as a team, uh, you can really see the effects. I mean, Absolutely. personally, I'm sure you've gone into. Um, uh, say uh, a government agency seeking a service um, and on the one hand you, you come out and you see a number of people behind the counter mm-hmm. and uh, and you go up to one and, and ask the question and they will respond well that's not my job you know that's not my assignment you need to fill out this paper you need to work walk over to this line um, and in other cases you'll see people say well, yeah, let me see whether I can help you. Let me see what I can do for you. Right. Um, I just had an example last night of being in a restaurant where um, 
it was obvious that the people at the restaurant really enjoyed working there. They worked together mm-hmm. as a team. Um, people would would observe, you know, what you needed at your table, and regardless of whether they were the, the busboy or the waiter or another mm-hmm. waiter, they would take care of you. Exactly. And I exactly. took time to uh, compliment the uh, the assistant manager on how well her team worked together. Terrific, um, terrific. Obviously, it was, there was not conflict going on there, but I've seen the opposite, too, where people were in conflict there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Talking on the sidelines, they obviously don't want to work there. Um, it can right. be devastating. Again, and, and I've heard, and many of us others have heard as well, where people say, that's not my job. Yeah, uh, that's her job, and so you have to wait till so and so comes back. And one of the things too is we talk about productivity. Productivity is marginalized. In fact, you know, as you know, I do quite a bit of work in the area of team development, and I have seen conflict if unresolved, if don't allow themselves to really deal with the storming session or the storming stage, if you will, of their development in a productive way. I've seen teams really struggle to get the work done and to meet the mark. And, and here's the more important thing, to feel good about the process of working together in that team. I've seen some teams who get at the end of their rope and they're so happy that the thing is finished. I've seen others who get to the end of the, the process and they're so sad because they have created a kind of relationship that comes from dealing with the conflict and learning how to deal with it. The fact is, we grow when conflict uh, is managed well. We actually grow in our confidence and we grow in our sense of uh, capacity to take care of our teammates and, and, and our employees. You just benefit. So they, they also benefit. The one thing that I thought about too, Tim, that uh, is present is if in fact conflict is not managed well in, in the fallout, there can be violence actual uh, persons hurt uh, emotionally and physically because they hadn't learned or no one had picked up on or no one had managed that conflict. So the whole idea of a leader's role to make sure conflict is managed has more to do has more than just to do with the bottom line. It has to do with just the safety within the organization. Uh, now, earlier, uh, before the break, we mentioned that we would discuss uh, two specific approaches, as Tim had mentioned, to the management of conflict. Those two approaches were the direct negotiation approach, and the second was uh, mediation. Uh, I wanted to do two things, Tim, just before, or one thing just before we get there. Just before we get into the discussion of each of these approaches, I thought it might be useful for listeners to understand a couple of terms that are useful in discussing conflict. Those two terms are dispute and confrontation. Now, I'll mention them, and if you happen to forget them as we go through, and as Tim goes through the discussion of direct negotiation approach and mediation, uh, we can come back at it. You give us a call, in fact. That would be a great way for you to call in. But as I describe each term, Tim, I'd appreciate your clarification, your input on how you see their relationship to the topic of conflict. The first one is the term dispute. In my definition, Dispute means a verbal controversy or quarrel. It is often the fuel that fires future conflict. It's almost like the, uh, the little spark that begins to uh, create the, the fire. And disputes at work uh, usually arise from 
an ongoing conflict, either not managed well or not managed at all. But what's your thought about, does that accurately capture what a dispute would look like in, in your vantage point? And would you add or, or clarify anything there that needs to be clarified? Well, in part, um, that's true. But in part, a uh, dispute can arise um, unknowingly. Mm-hmm. Where the, mm-hmm. uh, a person who disagrees with, uh, say, uh, an assignment, uh, okay. rather than giving um, uh, words to that and, and and arguing with the boss about it, uh, will instead uh, adopt passive-aggressive behaviors. And, ah, okay. You know, okay. And, and be quiet about it. Exactly. Uh, just, and just really don't like it. Do and 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 really not um, and not confront anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've mm-hmm. seen that as well, too. But otherwise, yeah, yeah I think the dispute is, yeah. uh, definition of dispute is a good one. Terrific. Uh, the next one is, and this is a favorite for me, and I put it there, confrontation, because I'll lead in with this. My, my philosophy, if you will, around conflict management is that conflict is not really the big issue, although it's the fuel that starts the process. But confrontation is, that is, uh, this disagreement or dissatisfaction among uh, people uh, that is made known and is attempted to be managed. Now, that second part is important. Let me read it again. Confrontation is disagreement or dissatisfaction among uh, people that is, whether it's disputes, dispute another, that's made known and that is attempted to be managed or resolved. And I say that because I often say it's not the conflict that's the problem or the issue. It's the management of the conflict, I mean the confrontation. That is where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, and where we can move forward or, in fact, if not managed well, move backwards. So what's your take on that uh, relationship to uh, the, the whole issue of conflict and its management? Um, I, I agree, and um, if con- if man- <laughs> excuse me, if conflict man- is not managed well, okay, and confrontations are not managed well, um, mm-hmm. then it can lead to all the negative effects we have uh, previously discussed. Absolutely. Uh, if it is managed well, if it's managed um, with the approach that the other party is not an adversary but mm-hmm. a partner in helping you resolve the conflict. Um, then you can um, have a totally different result. Um, And this leads into the concept of principled negotiation, Mm -hmm, which I hope mm -hmm. we'll be able to get to in another minute or so. We are, Tim. In fact, it it may be more like three minutes or four minutes, but we're getting there because I want to get you now to talk about this whole notion of direct negotiation approach. What do you mean by direct negotiation uh, and what do you what's what's your what's your take on it? What does that mean? Direct negotiation. Okay, a direct negotiation is where you, as a leader, um, in conflict with a subordinate, a peer, or a superior, um, mm-hmm. directly uh, approach the other party and mm-hmm. attempt to resolve the conflict one on one. Okay. So third-party mediator involved. It's just right. you and the other person. Okay, okay. And it's perhaps the most challenging um, approach to conflict resolution because uh, emotions are so high. Okay. Uh, and you know, a lot of times people, you know, these, these conflict situations have been festering and people are getting more and more angry and 
stewing about it, and and all of a sudden there's some type of a, an event, an explosion, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there you are, you're run off yeah. one with the other person, and yeah. you're going to have to negotiate yeah. a settlement, an agreement. Well, let me ask you a question, because you raise a couple of interesting points as we think about that, and that is the whole notion of the, um, what is it that one should be conscious of when managing direct negotiations? I guess if I can help kind of frame the, the thought, what is it that one needs to know or do in order to manage this direct negotiation? And I mean that in the broadest terms, what should they know about not just the process of direct negotiation, but what should they be? What should they keep in mind when they're going sure. to have this direct negotiation? Okay, so the first thing I would say is, that, now if you are in a situation where tempers are high, um, simply ask for time to cool off. Mm-hmm, you know, it might mm-hmm. be an hour or it might be overnight, but right. um, you're going to be better able to negotiate with the other party when... Um, uh, tempers are lowered, where emotions are uh, addressed either through these cooling-off periods mm-hmm. or through what is called uh, active listening. Right, Another thing right. to, uh, to, to keep in mind is you know, prepare for a negotiation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Another reason why while the cooling-off period is, is a good thing to, to ask for because you need time to think about not only what your position and your interests are in right. this negotiation, but what the other person's positions and interests are, mm-hmm. and what can mm-hmm. you do to make sure that any ideas you suggest are going to address both your position, excuse me, both your interests and the other party's interests. You know, Tim. One of the things that that that, that I hope you that, that I hope our listeners heard was this term of interest, because it is a powerful word uh, and a, a powerful uh, uh, perspective when one is talking about conflict. Most of us, the example that you used very early about the in the company in terms of which which approach we should take, each of those gentlemen, gentlemen, ladies approach that from their perspective of what would fulfill their interests. And hopefully as we get into talking about mediation, you can talk about uh, uh, principle-centered negotiation and and the like. But that interest, that word interest is is an interesting word. What's your take on what's meant by and how do you mean the word interest? Okay. So interests are the driving force behind your position. Interests mm-hmm. are your wants and needs. What right. you really need to have addressed. So if I can okay. go back to the example of the company, mm-hmm. um, both the board and the CEO want the company to expand and its profits to increase. So mm-hmm. they are the joint interests of the board and the CEO. Even right, though right. the positions are different. The board Absolute. wants to, yeah. to develop new products. The CEO wants to expand into new markets. But their interests are the same. They want the company right. to grow and its profits to increase. Absolutely. And you know what, Tim, what you pointed out and we'll keep ourselves moving, so to speak, is this whole pull and tug between interests and positions and having folks understand when you get to talking about interests, 
that's very different than position. And I hope that the listeners are picking that up. Uh, let me ask you a question as well. It relates to this discussion. Why is it important that companies teach its employees and leaders teach their managers and, and the like how to manage differences? Why is that in, important in terms of business and its relevance to business? What's your take on that? It doesn't, it, it's almost obvious, but what do you, what's your take on that? Why is, why is it important that that occur? Well, I think we, we, we mentioned it earlier, Bernard. I think mm-hmm. you know, it has to yeah. do with bottom line. And in Absolutely. the private sector, bottom line are profits. And in the public mm-hmm. sector, the bottom line is, are you, as a department organization, meeting the mission that mm-hmm. your agency was established to meet? And right. if you right. aren't, you know, okay, if you aren't because yeah. of these constant conflicts, then you're not fulfilling your purpose as an organization. Good deal. Well, we're going to talk and move ourselves into the discussion of mediation. And I would like uh, you to, at least as we begin to talk about this, you mentioned the direct negotiation approach as one approach to conflict resolution. And then you mentioned mediation. We want to help everyone uh, be clear about what that is. So can you tell us about mediation, what it is, and how it operates? Now, just so you'll know, uh, listeners as well as yourself, Tim, got a couple of minutes before our break, but we're going to uh, keep moving uh, to that break. And then once we do that, we'll take a break, and we'll come right back and jump right back into mediation. But can you tell us about mediation? What is it? And why is it uh, useful? Let's start with what is it first. Okay. Um, so mediation is um, a form of conflict resolution where a neutral third party, the mediator, uh, brings parties to the dispute together, uh, creating a safe space for them to talk about um, the dispute. Um, and the mediator uses what is called uh, active listening, um, to reflect back not only the person's uh, the party's positions, but also the interests behind them, and more importantly, the feelings, the emotions, mm, the mm-hmm, values mm-hmm. that they hold important. Because right. until people hear that the other, the mediator or the other party, really gets where they're coming from, understands mm. the the level of their anger the degree mm-hmm. of their sadness, mm-hmm. or whatever the emotion is, the person's not going yeah, to be able to think that they're being heard. Absolutely. And so that's absolutely. one of the key provisions of mediation is really to, to reflect back the feelings and values behind what people are saying. Terrific, Tim. Now, let's, uh, let's get ready to take a break, and we will take a break. And on the other side of the break, we're going to come back because we're going to talk a little bit more about this mediation and the process and the like. So stay with us, folks, uh, and uh, we'll be right back after this break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. 
It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to the Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. To reach host Bernard e. Robinson or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you would rather send an email, you may send it to leadershipforum at ihdinc.org. Now, back to the Leadership Forum. Hi, thank you for staying with us. And if you're just joining us, my guest is Tim Stranges of the, the Timothy Group, and he's a conflict management uh, expert as well as a mediation expert. We were talking about mediation just before the break, and we want to continue that discussion. We have a f- bit of time yet. And so, uh, Tim, continue with uh, the discussion. I was asking what mediation is, and you described it very aptly. Give me a sense, if you will, of the kinds of experience, the kinds of process that's involved in the mediation process. Take us through an idea of how this is set up and where and how you begin the process of engaging uh, these two parties that are being mediated. Okay. Um, Before I get into the steps, and I'll go over them quickly, I wanted to make sure that everyone understands that there there are three basic tenets that are important in mediation. And that is... The um, mediator is impartial. Mm-hmm. Uh, she or he does not take sides, is not a judge, doesn't decide who's right or wrong. They're totally impartial. Okay. The uh, mediation process itself is confidential. It's held behind right. closed doors. Mm-hmm. Like Vegas, like Las Vegas, but <laughs> mediation stays in mediation. Um, and mediation is voluntary, which means that uh, any party or the mediator can end the mediation at any time for any reason or no reason. Good deal. Um, Good deal. The, the way the mediation progresses, I, I uh, have been trained and used the facilitative mediation method. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and it consists of seven steps. One, introductions explaining mediation process. Mm-hmm. Two, simply asking everyone what brings you to mediation today? Very mm-hmm. open-ended, 
allow them to talk, allow them to vent, okay? After everyone has had a chance to talk, the third step is uh, reflect back those feelings and those values and the issues that they have. Right. Reframe, reframe into neutral language. Okay. So that uh, if someone says, oh, oh, I hate working for this company because of that stupid, awful freeze on raises. But rather mm-hmm. than writing that up on the board, you would just write neutral compensation. Neutral. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so if I hear you correctly, you'd like to talk about compensation. Yes. Right. 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 So, um, and then reframe what the, the people said, as I said, and then ask open-ended questions for clarity. Who, what, where, when, how. Tell mm-hmm. me more. So you really kind of dig. The is to help the people identify all the issues that they want to resolve. The fifth step is lead them into brainstorming of the issues, coming up with ideas for resolution, being creative. The sixth step is to help the parties look through all the ideas they've come up with and determine, have them determine which ideas will work, which ideas will not work, and which ideas might work if they were adjusted. Okay. And then finally, okay. um, from the ideas that they've agreed on, help them write an agreement using their words. Cool. Cool. Um, so it's a relatively simple process, but the keys to it are to help parties listen to each other, mm-hmm. help parties try to understand each other's interests, mm-hmm. help parties come up with creative ideas. And usually my experience is in effective mediations, what you have is in the brainstorming process, people will say, oh, I never thought about that idea. I think it would work. Or, yeah, I'm willing to try that for a trial period. I'm willing to try that for three months, and we can get back together after three months and see how, see whether it worked out like we anticipated. Well, you know, Um, Tim, that's beautiful. I mean, I'll tell you it's beautiful because it puts everybody in a, a perspective, if you will, of let's see if we can't think together to find our way out. And the word that you, you know, you've used a number of times that is really a powerful word is this whole notion of creativity. Uh, that that seems to be an important concept and an important process, part of the process. Yes, would, it would is you, absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and Bernard, I wanted to make sure that I gave credit to. Um, the uh, individuals who, who formulated this concept of, of principle negotiation and interest-based bargaining. And they are Roger Fisher and William Urey of Harvard. Yes. Um, and yes. they wrote the, the Bible of, me, of that mediation is based on. It's not really a Bible yeah. of mediation, but it's the, the work that mediation is based on. Uh, called Getting to Yes. Getting to Yes. Uh, it's an old, old book, but it's, yes. it's a treasure book. It's an old, book. old book, it's, but it's very clearly written. It's an easy read, and it has a lot of uh, what I've been talking about today contained in it, along with a lot of good examples. Good deal. And if you have a minute, I'd like to give you one example where sure. Getting to Yes uh, was put into practice, and that was by uh, former President Jimmy Carter. Mm-hmm who invited uh, the then leaders of Egypt and uh, Israel, Sadat and Megan, to Camp right. David. 
Right, and right. he um, negotiated a peace accord between the two of them based mm-hmm. on uh, Fisher and Uri and interest-based bargaining. And at one crucial point in the negotiations um, where he thought they had reached an impasse and he thought they would be leaving, mm-hmm. he went and talked to both of them about their grandchildren and what kind of world they would like their grandchildren to live in. Right. uh, Begin and Sadat said, "We want. I want my grandchildren to live in peace, and that Uh, was their interests, and that was the turning point." Right. Right. And to this day, there is peace between Egypt and Israel, and Jimmy Carter won the uh, Nobel Peace Prize for that negotiation. Oh, terrific, Tim! I'm so glad you brought that in. That's a powerful story, and. And not only is it a powerful story, it's a powerful truth. And it again, points out just as you intended to, the whole, the whole and importance of truth. Uh, I mean, of uh, of interest as opposed to uh, position. So so thanks very much. And I hope our listeners really kind of appreciated the dynamics of that and can apply it to their own uh, view of looking at what they might do in terms of managing the conflicts in their lives, particularly our leaders, uh, and for all the reasons that we've already spoken about, I want to tap for just a minute, uh, and I think you've already kind of captured it, uh, on uh, the whole notion of interest space, problem solving, and conflict management. I want to get you to think about this question, Tim, and that is, what is one thing, let me just preface it, this is kind of like, I'm going to get you to think about the one thing you'd like to leave with our listeners and our leaders when it comes to conflict. It could be more than one thing, but I started the question. What is one thing that you could leave, I should say would leave, with our listeners and leaders when it comes to thinking about and managing conflict? Okay. Um, one thing that I... I certainly want to emphasize at the end is, and I'm sure that's a question that many uh, of uh, your listeners are having right now. Well, how do I access mediators or mediations? I mean, mm-hmm. it sounds mm-hmm. like a great thing to do. How do I access it? Right. Well, I would simply say um, that you plug into your internet search engine um, mediation and your location. And right. I'm sure in many instances there'll be several ways you can access it. Some okay. communities, Maryland is an example, the state of Maryland's example, have community mm-hmm. mediation centers who actually help companies, their employees, right. Right. resolve dispute among themselves, okay, okay. for okay. free or for a very low charge. Uh, right. There also are many paid mediators uh, throughout the United States and in many other countries of okay. the world that you can access. Um, Mediation is an excellent way to resolve conflicts if you as a leader can't resolve it on your own. Or don't feel you should because of high emotions or because Mm -hmm. you could be perceived as impartial. Absolutely. And above all, mediation uh, results in agreements in almost two-thirds of all disputes. Okay, okay, very good. Well, you know, Tim, these, those are great ideas, and I hope the listeners will take them to heart. I want to just uh, share a few other things before we, and as we walk our way uh, towards the end of our discussion today, and just say that the, there are a whole host of benefits when conflict is managed effectively, which, you, which you've heard today. Uh, effective conflict management uh, can raise the clarity around problems, 
uh, it can provide the impetus, including mediation, for developing more specific and long-lasting and creative solutions. Uh, it can serve to release pent-up emotions and anxiety and stress. So don't fail or do use the things you heard today to help you resolve conflict. The process is, is that uh, Tim described is terrific. The, the thing that's important to remember about conflict as well is that you have an opportunity to face it as opposed to run away from it. Uh, the whole fight, flight, face it process, get to face it. I also want to say that when you talk about conflict, Tim, one of the things you mentioned that I, I also uh, promote and, and consider important in the classes that we do teach is always deal with getting the feelings out first before you try to get to a solution. A solution without the feelings and then the facts uh, tends to be tenuous. And again, it's not the complaint or the issue that is the challenge. It's the challenge of managing the confrontation. Couple of summary thoughts. There are a couple of thoughts that you might want to take uh, in mind. Uh, there's a uh, an instrument called the Thomas Kilman Conflict Mode uh, Instrument. It simply talks about styles of management uh, when you talk about conflict. And so it's something that you might want to take a look at. In terms of building your own confidence and competence as a conflict manager, whether you're a leader or just an employee in, in your organization, it's really helpful for you to know that in conflict, being willing to change allows you to move from a point of view to a viewing point a higher, more expansive place from which you can see both sides. That is a quote from Thomas Crumb. And just realize that, uh, as Tim was suggesting, that in terms of conflict, it's important to think about it, get a chance to cool if you need and chill away and get away. Uh, schedule a time to talk. Establish some safe and neutral space. And then talk it out. And so it's important to think about those things. Uh, and interpersonal conflict can, in fact, be a very powerful and useful tool to make sure that everything gets worked well and everything gets done well. As we begin to get to the end of our show today, uh, first of all, I want to thank you, Tim. Uh, again, I want to thank uh, uh, you, Tim, for coming on uh, the show and uh, this morning and providing me and our listeners with some very valuable and insightful understandings of conflict and mediation. And remember that Tim is, again, an adjunct professor at Montgomery College where uh, he teaches mediation and conflict courses. Uh, as you may know or may remember, if you go back uh, to the station, you'll see the next week's show is a conversation with government managers and leaders, challenges and opportunities. Well, we want you to join in that the conversation. If you're a government employee, why not plan to call in next week or send me a list of challenges that you're aware of at Leadership Forum at IHDINC.org. As listeners right now, ask yourself, how can I apply what I've heard on today's show to become a more effective leader and, in fact, a more effective problem solver? Now, I'd love to hear from you and know your questions and reactions, so send me your questions and thoughts there, too. There's, uh, there's one other important thing today that's going on in the lives of all of us in this world, and that is the total eclipse. At about 1.17 Eastern time here near me, the moon will be eclipsed. Uh, it's going to be exciting. But I'd also ask you to remember to use the right glasses, uh, and that's important too. You can also connect with me uh, at, on Twitter at Bernard Robinson, at Bernard underline under uh, letter E. Uh, and also, if you can catch me on LinkedIn, you can do that as well. I certainly have enjoyed the conversation, Tim. I've enjoyed having the opportunity to speak with uh, our listeners who are from around the world. And until next time, I want to thank you for being a part 
of the Leadership Forum. Make someone's life better this week through the quality of your leadership. Have an outstanding day and an even better week. I'm Bernard Robinson, and you've been a part of the Leadership Forum. See you next week on the radio. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. Be sure to join Bernard E. Robinson for another edition of the program next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We wish you an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.